Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. In today's episode of Team Anywhere, we interview Brian Fox, founder and CEO of Nimble Learning Strategies. Brian uses many of the principles of improv to connect deeply with the emotions of teammates. Since attention, connection, and acceptance are crucial, especially right now. One of the most important rules of improv is to accept whatever is happening, whatever it is. In today's challenging environment, the greatest thing a leader or team member can do is to accept and connect to what is going on with everyone else on the other side of the screen and to demonstrate empathy. Another major concept of improv is to make your partner look good. Today's leaders, given technology and separation, must rethink of themselves as talk show hosts. Great hosts are purposeful, interested, entertaining, flexible, and create a great mood of candor and fun. I'm sure you will enjoy Brian's energy, ideas, and insight on this episode of Team Anywhere. Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. And today we're excited to have Brian Fox, founder and CEO of Nimble Learning Strategies. In today's episode, we're going to focus on how to better interact with our teams, especially now that most teams are 100% virtual. I met Brian Fox when he was leading a breakout session at the Global Institute for Leadership Development two years ago in Palm Desert. I love his energy, his insights, and his ability to just have fun. So welcome, Brian. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, It's great. I'm excited to be here. Excited to get to chat with you both. Mitch, it's good to see you again, hear your voice. Jenny, nice to meet you. Great. Thanks, Brian. Let's just kick it off because um, we know that uh, one of the reasons why we want to have you on the podcast is you have a special approach to strengthening teams. And your approach is, is a yes and approach. And can you tell us more about what that is? Absolutely. So uh, at Nimble Learning Strategies, we help individuals, teams, and leaders improve how they communicate, how they collaborate, how they lead, And the twist is that, as you sort of referenced, we use the principles of improvisational theater as a way to channel that uh, to improve individual growth, to improve group development, and overall, organizational success. So obviously, those are kind of huge buckets, right? Communicate, collaborate, lead. Um, Those are just vital in any organization at any time, but especially now, right? The moment right now that we're all living through and the future that's going to happen in the next several months and years requires us to be more intentional uh, and to be more um, focused and present. Uh, and so we really use these ideas of improvisational, the tenets and the techniques of improv to, to dive deep with people so they can be more adaptive, they can be more courageous, resilient, engaging, um, so that they can be more creative, so they can, they can actually have a relationship with their colleagues and not have just transactions with their colleagues. And a lot, and we can get into this later, but I, you know, more and more research is showing that relationships are sort of on a down curve, unfortunately. 
and we need to we need to bring that back up. So anyway, so that's that's what we're doing around that. And you know, if you do that with individuals, you do that with teams, then the organization thrives. Then the organization has more engagement, it has more trust, and that leads to more you know inclusion, retention, and then that leads to more agility and innovation, and ultimately more growth. So that's. That's what, what I'm up to over at Nimble Learning Strategies. Um, I know a little bit about improv, actually, Brian. I so uh, I took your class, right? And I do, I do know that in, in improv a lot, in, in fact, every good scene is based on emotion, right? Without emotion, there is no scene. Yeah. And so today, today I think, and we, the other thing we know about improv is that emotion brings life to the scene, you know, said another way. Yeah. So I'm wondering today with, um, again, with teams being dispersed, with um with uh with without the you know day-to-day interaction are you looking at being better at generating emotions with the team are you are you looking at being better uh understanding what the emotions are of other people are of the team and and spending more time figuring that out because i know that when when you walk on stage in improv you know your, your first premonition in improv is what is that person feeling? Like, what is the other person feeling? Mm-hmm. Right? What is the other person's attitude? What's the other person's approach? What's the other person's history? And I was wondering how you're bringing that to the work that you do. Well, as you know, Mitch, the, the main term in improv, and Jeannie, might, you may know this, it's kind of in the vernacular now, is yes and, right? It means to accept what's happening and add information or, add, or contribute in some fashion. So I think. There's a little bit of both. I think you, I think you need to. What I'm, what I'm coaching my clients on is around. You need to make your partner look good in improv. That's sort of one of the things you make your partner look good. That's what Mitch is referring to, in his, in his question. So that is true, and you need to own who you are. Right. So whatever your character is, emotional, emotional wants or needs are, you have to own that too, and you have to balance that. And so that's sort of how I look at, at actually at executive presence is really this idea that it's an art of balancing, um, taking care of the needs of others while owning who you are. And so I think that, that you know, again, you need to use your emotional intelligence. And if you feel like low on that spectrum, then you maybe need to take a course on emotional intelligence. That's a whole other topic. But I think being aware of how are the other people feeling? Um, what, what are your goals or what, what are your wants? How do those match up? We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors, Marymount University, Arlington, Virginia, School of Business and Technology, Innovative Solutions, Upskilling for the What's Next Economy at marymount.edu, and Oyster Organizational Development, dedicated to higher performance, business success, and leveraging teams. They can be found at oysterod.com. And finally, WeJungo. Designing customized talent acquisition solutions at wejungo.com. Mitch, I think there's this idea that, you, yes, you have to be aware of the other person, but also still, how do you hold on to what you need in that moment? And there, there are ways to do that, to have authenticity, to have intimacy, to have relationship, to have trust. But you have to be flexible in those moments. So, so what, I'm, what I'm hearing you say, Brian, thank you, is... is... Uh, this is this is a, uh, this is a uh, an extraordinary time. This is not ordinary. Yeah. That a lot of us. Um, I'm actually reading the book uh, together, which is a book about 
how lonely everybody is. Mm. And I guess if the book were called How Lonely Everybody Is, no one would have bought it. <laughs> and what you're what, what I'm hearing you say is you're using the the improv principles to not only get very um get very centered and to understand where you are, like where you personally are through this current situation, not avoid. I might be feeling sad, sad or separated or separated or excited. Right. And at the same time, as, as an improv principle is to just get very open and, and to really listen for where other people are. Now, what's very interesting, Brian, of course, is, well, we should have done that already <laughs> before COVID. Correct. It's just that what I'm finding ironic is now that we're all apart, we really need to focus on, on coming together. And I don't know if you have any comments around that. Yeah, I, um, it isn't a huge iron, irony, right? I think that, um, you know, listen, we, the, there is, I don't know the exact percentages, but, you know, Many teams are already virtual to a certain extent before COVID. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, my experience, they weren't doing it very well to begin with. Right. And, and this goes for even, even before technology, right. People have been having meetings. I don't know. Since Jesus and the apostles sat at the table. I don't know. Absolutely. But we've been doing them, you know, some do them well, some do them not so, not so well. So I, I think that there, there's, there's been issues like this for a long time. And now this is again, ironic that we're going to deal with it now using technology. So I think the biggest thing, whether you're in person or whether you're doing it over some sort of virtual platform is really leaning into, I reference it's really leaning into empathy. Mm -hmm. And so I look at this, I, I look at what are some of the basic guidelines of improvisation and then how do I apply those to empathy? So I have six, six steps to empathy um, relative coming from the, from an improv point of view that really anybody can use. So first of all is listen with your whole self, right? Even though you're behind the screen and you have to look in that little dot of that web camera and you're seeing your partner only on a small little screen, how can you listen with your whole self? Listen with your ears, your eyes, your gut, your heart, right? That's number one. Number two is embrace the silence, right? In an in-person meeting, we can talk, talk over each other a little bit and it's still okay. But when you do that on Zoom or even a conference call or whatever platform you're on, it gets really muddy and really fast. So allowing that silence to be there, um, and it's, whether you're listening for personal stress or professional stress or just to solve a problem, embrace that silence so that you're doing two things at that time. When you embrace that silence, you're giving yourself time to absorb what, that, what you heard from that other person. You're giving that other person time for them to hear themselves. Nine times out of 10, we're we're thinking out loud anyway, right? Because we are improvising because we don't have a script, even if we have our agenda for a meeting, right? So let that other person absorb what they are actually saying. So in that silence. And then I think from there, you need to do four more things, what I call the four A's. One, ex accept what is presented to you and accept that as that person's truth. If you're dealing with their feelings, you may not agree with it. It may not be how you feel. But that's that person's truth, right? If they're coming with you at with facts about a project or a budget, then you also have to accept that that is maybe not how you see it, but that is a truth. That is one. Not, and I'm not talking about alternative facts. I don't want to get political, but but like that, that they're coming at you with a certain perspective, and you have to accept that, whether you agree with it or not. 
Then I think there's a, 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 a point, point number four is really acknowledging their thoughts and feelings. Again, whether you're, you're dealing with feelings, you definitely need to acknowledge sort of where they're coming from, from a feeling point of view. If they sort of have certain thoughts or ideas or perspectives, you would just want to acknowledge that you've heard them, right? And then number five is to appreciate and appreciate something positive about that person, right? Uh, a value that they're standing up for, um, that they trusted you to share trusted you to you know, share their own feelings, whatever it may be, again, whether it's facts or feelings. And I think if you're, if you're doing that appreciate, appreciation piece, and it holds you, it, it, it prevents you from getting into judgment. It helps you avoid judgment. Um, and then finally, I would say avoid giving advice, at least initially. And I would say to just stop, just don't even, <laughs> don't even, and just, just allow that moment to, to breathe a little bit. And then you, from there, you can go into what are the possibilities? How can we make this happen? Or whatever it may be, if it's a, if it's a project-based thing. If it's a feeling thing, then it's really just about acknowledging them and letting them and just bear witness to it. You don't have to give advice on that. And I would say, even if they ask you for advice, I would, I would be very gentle and, and hold off on giving your opinion. I would ask them, what do they think? What's, what is their gut telling them to do? What are the, why do they see the project unfolding? Whatever it may be, I would sort of get them to talk more first before you start spouting off your advice because that'll, A, it'll help them think out loud. And right. nine times out of 10, people just want to solve their own problems anyway. They don't really want to be helped. Um, and, and number two, it'll help you better understand what, how they see the problem or how they see themselves or see and understand their feelings, whatever, right. again, whatever you're dealing with. So that that's how I would sort of embrace that. And again, I think... This goes another topic, but we're we're in this world where I think we're all kind of denying. We still haven't fully accepted that we're living in a virtual world, and we will for quite some time, mm-hmm. at least here in the states. And that um, people are, oh, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, I don't like it. At least for the extroverts out there, right? maybe some introverts too. And if you do these kinds of things that we've been talking about you can have authenticity and relationship and trust. Um, you just have to That's work. That's why it's better. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, totally. it, it practice it, practice it, practice it. Yeah, and it becomes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, Brian, what I'm, what I'm really reminded of, first of all, I acknowledge you for that. That was, that was beautiful. That was really Thank beautiful you. and really helpful for, for listeners. W- one of the key principles for, if maybe the biggest principle for improv is accept, right? It's, you know, it's uh, it's an improv 101 class or improv 0.1 class is that whatever, whatever someone throws at you, accept it. And yes. And what, what usually happens is with, with beginning improvisers is they, they, they don't listen. They don't accept and the scene is blown at the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, what I do find is missing, and I want to ask you this question. This is my next question. What is missing out there? Mm-hmm. Is that what's, what's beautiful, at least in the business meetings that we've had and in the, in the sessions that we've had, is the, the grand acceptance of, our, of everyone's reality, whether it's their emotions or their life situation. Or as you're pointing out, Brian... I'm really scared that for the next month or year or two, or I don't know that this is my reality, which is as, 
as uh, the listeners can't see, but we're, you know, we're connected over uh, a Zoom line and we're looking at each other's, you know, houses. And I just, I just wanted to see your comments, your observations around your thinking around how do we accept this current situation such that we can be more effective and more productive and more human as, uh, as we work together on teams and in companies? Thank you for the question. Um, I think that um, we already talked about empathy. I think beyond that, I think that there, what we're not doing enough of is accepting that, accepting the reality we're living in. I think that um, we're not bringing enough that in some of the visual con- virtual conversations I'm in and meetings and things of that nature, both professionally and personally, like if I'm, you know, I'm, I sit on committees to volunteer and things like that. People are taking things for granted, right? They're taking for granted this virtual medium that we're in. And so if I'm trying, if I'm trying to, if I'm the leader, I'm trying to communicate my vision for this project that we're working on. But then I'm looking at the zoom screen or whatever platform you're on Microsoft teams or whatever. And, and it looks like a bad version of the Brady bunch, right? you know, we're just doing a podcast, but like you can imagine, right? One screen, someone's looking down at their cell phone, right? You know, like Peter, Peter's looking at his cell phone and, you know, Jan is looking off at her second screen because she's checking email and, right? Like, it's just like bad. And then, you know, you know, Marsha's not even on her screen. Her screen just says Marsha on it. Right? Marsha, 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 right? Like, so. Good, that's good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll be here all night. Tip your weight stop. Um, but I, like, I think there's like this, we're, we're just taking that for granted and we're, and, and we already did that in person a little bit, right? But I think we're even we're transferring that in the virtual room. So if we're not if we're on a virtual call, and if we're not paying attention to that webcam, so that we're making eye contact and and showing demonstrating that we're listening to our our colleagues, our you know supervisors, whoever it may be, then it deflates that person who's speaking. It makes them feel like they don't. They may not acknowledge it. They're not, I'm not saying they're crying in bed at night, but in that moment, there's that nuance that we all want to connect. If we're not seeing those eyeballs, we're not feeling connected to people, then we don't feel heard. And that is, can be frustrating. Um, and so I think that that is one thing that we're taking for granted. And then it's like this circle thing because people go, oh, well, it feels awkward. I feel disconnected. Well, yeah, because you're not paying attention. You're not having intention and you're not paying attention. So I think that those are the things that... Um, in a small way, people can need to do more of um, in any platform you're on with any team, you need to pay attention and make eye contact, even when you're, and I know it's awkward because right, you're not, you're not, you're looking at the camera. So technically right now I'm looking at the camera again, our, our listeners can't see this, but you'll, you'll, I'm sure anybody who's seen it knows what I'm talking about. You're looking at the camera. So therefore I'm not looking at Ginny's face, right? right. If I look down at Ginny's face, which is below mine, then my head would be down. But you've got to you've got to practice that and get better at sort of balance. You're not you don't have to do 100 percent of the time, but like a 60 40 split. Sometimes I'm looking at Jimmy's face to get her nonverbal cues. Sometimes I'm looking at the camera so that she feels like I'm actually communicating with her. Um, and it also sounds to me, and Mitch, you'll know this since you took um, the class. I haven't lots of synergy with emotional intelligence and with coaching, right? Coaching kinds of skill sets, dialogue. So if you're going to use this as a leader, like you said, you're coaching your particular leader, uh, 
there is some learning about here's the structure. Yes. Here's how you can take these skills and use them over here. Yes. And it's breaking down that wall of, no, I just want to run back to what I did before mm-hmm. and reach a comfort level of moving. No, no, you can do this. You just have to practice it and become just as good. Absolutely. And it sounds like that is what you're trying to help folks do. Absolutely. I think that um, there's a lot to talk out there that because of the way social media is, is that every every brand, whether you're an individual entrepreneur, consultant to major corporations, every brand has to become their own media company. That's right. happening in social in social media world now, right? In order to build relationships, to connect, to sell, to whatever you want to do, um, nonprofits as well, right? So, I I I I take that a step further for individuals is that we all have to be a talk show host. Interesting analogy. Okay, so keep going. My favorite talk show host of the day currently is Stephen Colbert. Now, I think Stephen Colbert has actually struggled in the COVID times. He's actually has not done as well as some of the others have. John Oliver, his format was already sort of set up for COVID, so he didn't have to change as much, right? That's true. Right, but Stephen Colbert, if you notice now, I'm a big fan. Stephen Colbert, in his house, just in the last week, he's now in a mini studio in his building with just like four crew members or something like that. The way he's telling jokes, he's lighting up the world. He's completely different. Now, he was telling jokes for his wife and his sons and daughters. So there's still some life in it, but it was different than his fellow writers and producers who have a different perspective on, on this idea of building a talk show. Right? Very interesting. Yeah. Right? So, so let's take that from it. He's the executive producer and he is the talk show host. I think we all have to be executive producers and talk show hosts. What do I mean by that? I have, and those, they're all pre-planned, right? If he has a guest on, he knows what questions he's going to ask. He's going to ask him about their vacation. He's going to ask him about what charity they're donating to now and you know what movie they're promoting or whatever it is, right? That's all planned. Yep. So when you go into that virtual meeting, you have to be planning, not just an agenda, but like what's not so much a script, but what are the talking points? What are your key questions? What are you hoping that they might say, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one aspect of it. I think he's got to, he's got to make friends with the camera. He's got to be comfortable being connected to that camera. So we all have to be comfortable, comfortable being with that camera. Um, and, and then last but not least, like, I think of all the, and this is more pre-COVID, but even happens now, I think when he does his Zoom calls, he's the best, because he has an improv background, he went through Second City in Chicago. He is great at whatever comes up unplanned from the, from the guest to spin on a moment and then ask a follow-up question or make a right. comment or relate a story of his own that relates to that person. Right. right? So how can we share stories, not in a way of trumping another person, but relating to that other person, right? So how can we how can we tell stories with one another in order to build those conversations and those and those um, and those connections? And again, again, it's not story time around the fire like we're camping, but story time of like for a purpose. How do I want to share a story as a business leader that communicates a message to my my peers in other departments or my direct reports or whatever it may be? Um, and you're sharing yourself in that way. So I think I think we need to start thinking ourselves as talk, as talk show hosts. And one last thing I'll say about that, going back to the listening, if you're 
if you're a good talk show host, you're truly listening to that guest. Even though you have that plan, you're truly listening. And if you're truly listening, then you can then improvise in the moment about what comes next, even if it's not necessarily part of the script. As a good example, there was a moment with Stephen Colbert and um, uh, Robert De Niro. This is a couple years back. And he said, you know, you're, you're good, with, um, good with silence. You, you don't really talk a lot. And then they had this, then they, they, in the moment, or maybe, maybe they did plan it, but it seemed improvised where they said, okay, let's just have a moment of awkward silence. And they just sat there very, very quietly for literally a minute on national TV, on a corporate TV. That never happens. A minute of dead air. But he, Stephen Colbert went with it. Anyway, so I think that, that he was listening and he knew his guest and he knew what he could, he could, he could play off of because he knew his guest well. And you have to know your team well. So how can you play off of them well? How can you share those stories, et cetera? So I, I could see Brian. I, I, I could see your next book. You know, how to be a talk show host meeting, and I and I really appreciate that. As I think about the meetings that that I've been leading, it's it's that again. If we go pre-COVID meetings, everyone knew everything about meetings, and they were pretty pretty bad. Still, now that your meetings are virtual, I do see that you're looking for. There's an agenda. There's also though the the purposeful connectivity, this purposeful listening, this purposeful creating a, a certain mood or a feeling, this uh, also being being very flexible. And, but 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 at the end of the day, yeah, you are producing, directing, and starring in your own late night TV show. And that you know, Ginny and I have, have spoken a lot about how I really do believe that the managers of now and the future will have to be great entertainers. And there will be those of us who say, but I don't want to be an entertainer. And and what would you say to that, Brian? <laughs> I would say tough luck. That's right. That's what I say. <laughs> and I think, I think, listen, I think, like, if you think about The Office, right, the Michael Scott right. character of the American yep. version or Ricky Gervais's character um, from the British version, you don't want to be that entertainer. You don't want to be the guy who's, like, doing lame dad jokes to the point where, people are bored and upset and you're wasting people's time, right? That's, I don't think that's what you're implying at all. No. And I think that people, you need to be entertaining and educational. And I think that you need to find out what works for you. So if you're an introvert, maybe you're not, you know, I'm doing gags or whatever, I don't know, but, but how can you, it doesn't mean you still can't be, even as an introvert, doesn't mean you can't, you can't tell a brief meaningful, perhaps even joyous story about totally. something from your career. Right, right. Right. In 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 two or three minutes. Yeah. So I think that everybody has the capability about it. It's just about learning the skills to do it. Learning how to Well Brian, it. that there's your you know, <clears throat> learning the skills um and being open to learning the skills. Um, some of the leaders that we've spoke that I've spoken to, you know, have already just blocked themselves off. They're just waiting for the new normal. But I love what both you and Mitch have emphasized, and you explained it so well. At the same time, and leaders have to do this all the time, they have to be more organized and build that infrastructure for how they're going to do their show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by doing that, that allows them then the flexibility to pivot and deal more with the emotions and the topics and the goal of the meeting. 
Yes. And holding both of those agendas, you know, takes some skill and talent. What I love about what you're saying is you're giving them a role. And I think that's a gift because a lot of leaders right now are going, well, what's my role now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just did it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I think I just to tag on what Mitch said earlier and now and what you're saying, Jenny, in terms of giving yourself a role, <clears throat> bringing all those together, <clears throat> excuse me, this is sort of more from traditional acting than from improv. But, you know, if you're a traditional actor and you're using a script, then what what you typically do is we call it beat it out. Like you you understand what are the beats in the script, the beginning, middle and end of each scene. Right. And what are my emotions at the beginning of the scene, the middle of the scene, and the end of the scene based on what do I think my character wants from the other character? So let's translate that for a minute. So if you have your agenda and you're the team lead, from the beginning of the meeting to the middle of the meeting to the end of the meeting, what are the emotions that you want to elicit in your team? What do you want them to feel? So in that, you take your agenda and you've sent out your agenda in advance so everyone knows what's coming. They know the script too. And then you have your own version where you figure out what's the emotion I want in the beginning of the meeting. Well, I want to welcome people. I want people to feel at ease. I want them to feel, you know, like we're connected, whatever that may be. Those may be one, maybe two, three, whatever those emotions are in the first few bullets. And in the middle, I want to, um, I want to raise the stakes. I want to um, not frighten them, but I want to, I want to startle them a little bit because we really have to dig in here right. on this project. And at the end, I want to, I want to empower them or I want to, I want to praise them or whatever it may be. Like, how do you want them to feel throughout the meeting and figure out what are those emotions? And then how do you get yourself, get yourself there? Now, granted, you can't take a full acting class, but there are ways to think about if you have a certain intention and focus on that, that can come through in your voice and in your eye contact and things of that nature. Um, that's a whole art in itself. And we could talk about that for another time, but that that's, that's a it's sort of one small thing to think about. Right. Great. So let me ask our last question. Sure. And I want to ask our last question, last question on the other side. So now what we're saying is that as a leader, we are more of a talk show host. We're more of a, an engaging uh, producer, director. Mm-hmm. How do we want to think about the people that work for us? Are they audience? Are they clients? Are they customers? You know, how do, what do we want to think about them? Because again, in improv is we're, we're, you know, building a relationship. We have to kind of determine who are we building a relationship to? So how do you see uh, leadership now in this virtual space? How do you see leaders seeing the people that they serve? Uh, great question. I think that <clears throat> let's start with like your own role, right? Like what do you see your own role as, as a leader? And that I think will shift moment to moment. Sometimes you can plan it and sometimes you have to improvise. One minute I'm a coach, one moment I'm a supervisor, uh, maybe the next moment I'm a confidant, whatever it may be, right? So being aware of sort of what is your role going into a particular meeting, whether it's a team meeting or a one-on-one, what do you, how do you see yourself in that role? Um, and then from there, figuring out like, where's your audience or who's your audience, right? Is it a direct report? Is it a peer from another department? What do they need? Right. So thinking about it from an audience perspective is one one way to look at it. I think the other way, um, once you get past those things, I think another mindset to have is that everyone is my client and I am a consultant. My job is to make my partner look good. And as a consultant, my job is to make my client look good. So um, if you think about everybody you're interacting with, whatever role you have, 
whether you're the CEO or whether you're the first year right out of MBA school, right out of B school, everyone is your client and you're the consultant. And you, if you study sort of what consultants do and, and take that on and pepper in a little improv, that will help you sort of to answer the question of what does my audience need? How do I treat my audience member? Audience, in air quotes, well, you know, depending on whatever the situation is. Great. Fabulous. Uh, well, great, Brian. Thank you so much. This has been entertaining and also insightful. Is there any things you wanted to leave on? Any notes? I do. I, I actually just want to. I want to. I want to post this, which is, um, I think that we need to think about. You know, you mentioned earlier, like people having dinners and team team building things like that, and right. those events are good. I'm not. I think, but there's also a, sort of the in between moments, and so how do we add fun into our culture on a daily or weekly basis, whatever that may be? So, you know. Everyone says you need to check in more often in these virtual worlds. So well, however you set that up individually or, or in teams, I think that's important. And how are you being intentional in those check-ins? Like, mm-hmm. can you just, can you get a little goofy with it? Like uh, describe what you want this look this week to look like in the form of your favorite music lyric or film quote, you know, and let the people know in advance so they don't have to be on the spot about that. Right. They come with their favorite movie quote or whatever it may be, or, song lyric about how they want the, the week to look for them. That gives them some inspiration and makes people connect. You share like, Oh, I love that song. I love that movie, whatever it may be. Right. You're building both the business and the personal connections there, things like that. Or, or, you know, um, if you're going to do not only these big events, but what can you do just as a team for free? Like all these museums around the world are offering free virtual tours of museums or free uh, virtual tours of I don't know, Pamplona Go to a city that you've all never been to. Go to a museum you've all never been to and go on a virtual tour for 15 minutes and then talk about it. Oh, that's right? fun. Right? Or if you want to get business about it, like find a TED Talk about a, a theme that's around maybe emotional intelligence or using improv and whatever it may be and that somehow dotted line to business but is not so strict about strategy and have a watch party, use the technology, have a watch party and then talk about it, right? That That's a half an hour of your time and and. 15 minutes watching it and 15 minutes talking about it or half, you know, maybe 45 minutes. So these are the things that you can do on a daily or weekly basis that is making those connections. That's building that rapport. That's building that team effort, a team dynamic that um, is not just these events that happen once a quarter. Great. Well, thank you, Brian. Um, thank, thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. And we, uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Amen. Great. Great Thank to be you. with you both. Thanks so much. Thank you, Brian. Have a great Thanks. time. And we'll, we'll see you again in our next episode of Team Anywhere. <laughs>